0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Devin McCoy, and this is the Dirt Bike Journals. All right, everybody, before we get into the interview with Alan, um, I wanted to update you a little bit on my pinky that I kind of took a little bit of meat off of. Um, having it all wrapped up with one of those little metal guards on it, it was really hard to ride, uh, especially where I had uh, a wraparound bar guards. It was kind of tough to not bump it on anything, but what was worse is the vibration of my handlebars as I was, you know, jarring, hitting rocks and, and roots and just the general roughness of the trail. The vibration transferring through the forks into the bars onto my pinky was unbearable for a little bit. Uh, I had to pull over a couple of times and just kind of hold it above my, my shoulder, above my heart and uh, let it calm down a little bit. It felt like when you get your fingers really, really cold and then they start to warm up and they tingle and burn, that's the sensation I had and it was it was pretty painful. Uh, it seemed to mellow out as the day went on though and I was, I was able to rewrap it later on at camp and go out riding again and I actually forgot about it so that worked out pretty nice. Um, that makes me think of a question for everybody listening what is an injury that you've ridden with maybe against your better judgment but you did it anyway what's an injury that you ended up going out and riding even though you had this let me know also uh, one more thing Um, about the audio quality I am working to improve it I'm saving up saving my pennies so I can go get some isolating audio equipment so that these interviews sound more like what I do here in the studio when I'm recording all by myself. Anyway, I'm working towards it. I promise it's going to get better. Thanks for your patience. Alan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. It's nice to be here. So, uh, let's get started with the first basic questions. Okay. Where are you
1: from? Where'd you grow up? So I grew up in Provo, Utah and, uh, Moved to Linden, Utah, uh, when I was 15 years old. Uh, so I've been in Utah Valley my whole life, really. I live in Pleasant Grove now.
0: Man, you went far.
1: Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm i an adventurer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did basically the same thing. I started off in Orem, and my parents moved me down to the uh, Spanish Fork area, and I stayed down there. So Yeah,
1: I've been... Right here in Happy Valley, really? and I I love it. So and when it
0: comes to motorcycles, this is Happy Valley. It's like central location. To really? So
1: much. Yeah. I mean Utah. I think you can't get a whole lot better than Utah for diversity in riding. You know, you got the mountain single track around here. You got the desert just out west, and then mm-hmm. you got places like Moab and and Green River, you know, down southeast. Which I love all of it. So yeah, you're.
0: Two and a half hours from incredible geologic changes to ride on. And it's, I just can't find that in any other state. Yeah.
1: And even all winter, you know, I head down to St. George if Uh there's snow up here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll ride in 45, 50 degree weather down to St. George. Yeah.
1: I don't care if it's 35 as long as there's (laughs) not too much snow on the ground. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As long as you're working, I mean, it feels like it's 75. That's right. So. Okay. So when you started riding dirt bikes, what age was that? Uh,
1: Age eight. Nice. Uh, my dad, uh, he grew up kind of poor in his family and he always wanted a dirt bike growing up when he was a kid, so he decided at some point when he could do it, uh he was gonna try and get motorcycles for the for the kids. And it started out with, with mostly little Honda trail bikes and stuff. My first my first motorcycle, uh it's kind of a funny story. Uh he had a couple of bigger Honda Trail bikes that I couldn't fit on yet. We were driving up the road, Ninth East in Provo, and he saw a BYU student riding this little, I believe it was a 72 Suzuki Trailhopper 50, a little 50cc that they actually made it street legal. And he actually, he went and pulled the guy over and asked him if he would sell that motorcycle. And so that ended up being my first motorcycle.
0: Wow.
1: And it had... (laughs) It, it had uh, a seat on it that you could adjust so adults could ride it. But I was so small, uh, even at the lowest level, the seat was too high for me. And so we would just take the seat all the way off of it, put a foam pad on it with a bungee cord, and, and that's how I would ride it. Okay, what so. was it called again? It's a 72 Suzuki Trailhopper 50.
0: Trailhopper. Yep. There it is. Okay, I, I got to take a look at this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Right? I'm going to have to put a picture of that on the episode notes.
1: Yep. Mine That's was cool. orange with little black dots. I know That's some of them are blue with yellow. black dots.
0: A little yellow one right there. So. Yeah. So. What a cool bike. Right? <laughs> so you started out on that and just from there just progressed into bigger bikes as you got yeah, older.
1: Yeah. Uh, just trail bikes you know growing up we had a lot of honda xls and things like that i remember having an xl80s uh and we would just go you know camp in the mountains and ride our bikes and Mm -hmm. and it was always a lot of fun uh and he kept moving me up on the the honda trail bikes when i was like 14 i was on a, a xl185s and and I was still, I've always been small in stature, and so the thing was pretty big and heavy for me, and I'd always fall over and and uh, break, break levers off and things like that. and <laughs> there wasn't no Rocky Mountain and, back then. And, no, <laughs> can't no. Just run
0: down the valley and grab stuff.
1: And uh, so I convinced my dad to let me sell that and get me a, a Honda CR80. It was an 83 oh, Honda CR80. Nice. And, uh, and from there the rest is history I've been you know pretty much a two-stroke guy my whole life yeah. and uh, just now I have an addiction that's a lifelong addiction yeah. that I have to feed even after some injuries <laughs> Which so
0: we're going to get to my goodness <laughs> injuries that doesn't even begin to describe it <laughs> um, well cool so let's fast forward a few years now how old are you now I will be 52 in a couple of weeks. Okay, so, so that'll preface, preface just how tough Alan is as, as we get into some of these <laughs> Tougher, stories.
1: Of, tough or stupid, I don't, I don't know. The fact depends on still, who you ask. Yeah,
0: you throw a leg over a bike right now at 52 with what you're going to share is pretty surprising. And, man, you got to be tough as nails for that.
1: So I, I guess. Like I say, <laughs> either tough or stupid.
0: I mean, it's a combination of both, whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. it takes that's the addiction. That, it probably is a combination of both
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's it's all about passion
0: so nice well a little bit of background on you that's good so let's talk about the first thing that really caught my ear when i was listening to people telling stories about stuff is when you did you break your beta 200 in half what, what happened well uh it
1: it kind of looked like it was broken in half uh, the insurance company definitely decided to total it uh so so this is my most recent crash uh and it happened may 14th down green river whitewash area was this during the rally it was it was after the rally okay uh, by a few weeks probably okay uh and you're probably familiar with Red Wash down there uh I was with some buddies we had gone up to the to the end of Red Wash there where everybody takes their pictures you know in the the big outcropping there and and uh, headed back out and I was out in front and I like to say I, I like to ride at a spirited pace <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I like to go fast and, and that's a big part of the reason I ride dirt bikes huh? uh, and so anyway I was ripping down the wash I was I was either in fourth or fifth gear uh, going, I'm estimating, between 40 and 50 miles an hour. And if you've been in that wash before, it's a red sand, and then there's like this white calcite deposits on the top of it. And it can hide rocks really, really easily. And so anyway, I'm ripping, and I see this little bump, and I think it's this little mound of sand that I'm just going to wheelie off of or whatever. As I get closer to it, right before I hit it, I can see it's a rock with a pretty good square edge there Mm. and so I tried to preload my bike to to jump off of it rather than you know just hit it mash it (laughs) yeah rather than just bash it and uh the next thing I knew is I was flying through the air I could tell my rear wheel was up above my head behind me and uh, and then the next thing I knew, I was uh, on the ground trying to get my wind back because it had knocked the wind out of me really bad. Uh-huh. And I don't, know, <clears throat> I don't know exactly how I landed. I don't know if the bike tackled me. But there I was laying there face down, uh, and I was hurting everywhere. And at that point, I couldn't remember anything about how the crash happened. Uh, Just the fact you were off the bike now. Right. I I knew where I was. I knew I was in whitewash, but I didn't remember seeing the rock or anything like that. Uh, And it really took me probably 15 minutes or so. And then it started to come back really hazy, almost like it was a dream what Mm -hmm. had happened. But I did. I was able to remember it eventually. I'm not sure exactly how I landed, Uh, But we kind of, the guys I was with, they kind of diagnosed everything, did their crash investigation and uh, you could see where I hit the rock. You could see where I landed on my front wheel and went for a little ways. And then I actually uh, posted a picture on Facebook of the rock I hit and then where I ended up and then where my bike ended up and there was quite a distance between all of them. That's probably a picture yeah, you could post. Definitely gonna have to sell so, that. And and in that picture, the rock doesn't look like much, but it, it, it had enough of a square edge to give me a good kick. So oh,
0: man. So what was the aftermath? What happened to the bike? Let's start there.
1: Okay. So the bike uh, it broke it broke the seat in half. Broke. Seat. It broke the actual seat in half. <laughs> it broke the rear subframe off. It uh the rear the silencer on the pipe was ripped clear out of its brackets. It was everything was like hanging down oh, on the the rear swing arm or on the tire and the, the pipe was down on the swing arm basically. Uh the front end uh I mean, it was all twisted. The computer was broken off completely. That comes on those bikes, uh, and I mean, it was all bent up and and twisted in the front, and it hardly looked like a dirt bike anymore. Oh, I mean, there's good pictures of that too. Yeah, and somehow, uh, one of my buddies that was down there with me, he, they got like some some baling wire or something tied up stuff, stuff up so it was off the the rear wheel and he rode it out just standing up wow. from where we were at it so rode out it, like it, it yeah it fired right up What? and it rode oh my word <laughs> but the thing was was a mess
0: and it was like wobbling down the yeah. trail
1: yeah. and there were actually uh I mean I was with three other guys uh and there were actually two other guys that weren't with our group that came and, and helped and stayed with me the whole time and and helped pack my stuff out, you know, my gear and my yeah. broken parts. And, and you. And well, we actually when we crashed or when I crashed, uh, we didn't have any cell service there. One of the guys I was with, uh, Judd Partridge, he had a, a Garmin InReach mm-hmm. with him and so he texted emergency services. He was also able to text my wife, let her know I'd been in a crash. Um, And so they tried to get rangers into me on side by side, but that just wasn't happening where I was at. And so they got the helicopter coming from uh, Classic Air Med in, in Moab there. And I laid there in the dirt I, I I tried to to see if I could get up cause I like to ride out if there's any way I possibly can but mm-hmm. uh, my hip was the main thing that was really hurting me and then uh, my shoulder as well and my back was hurting me and at that point I decided I better just stay still mm-hmm. until I got some paramedics there so right. so how much is that flight Fifty-three thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, fortunately, uh, my insurance—we had already reached our max out of pocket for the year, and so I didn't end up having to pay really anything for this whole incident. Wow! I mean, that's yeah, that's, it, that's, that's it bankruptcy was a, kind of. Yeah, it, it was a blessing for sure. Thank I mean. Cow. They ended up flying me to uh, St. Mary's Hospital in Grand Junction, Colorado, because it was the closest place with a, a, trauma, a, a center. trauma center. Yeah, uh, they kept me there for four days, and when they released me, it was in a wheelchair. Uh, my later diagnosis was I had uh, separated my AC joint in my shoulder. Uh, the one back here. It, well, back it's here. it's just just right here i've uh, got the a big, this, the scapula. big yeah big bump on my shoulder yeah. there now uh and i actually have a titanium hip from a previous which, incident a few years earlier
0: which we're going to get into which, which, sure. which we can
1: talk about as well uh, and that titanium hip ended up fracturing my pelvis being uh, jammed into my pelvis fracturing my pelvis and then I also ended up with a uh, compression fracture to my T7 vertebrae in my back. So I did a pretty good number on the bike and a pretty good number on myself. Yeah. So okay. I came home. I was, I was in the wheelchair for about a week, on crutches for another couple of weeks. And then I started trying to do PT to get back on the bike as soon as I could. So and That was May of this year. It was May 14th. Yeah, How are you this year. Today? I'm feeling really good, actually. Yeah. Uh, my hip still bothers me some. Uh, I did end up, I got insurance money from my old dirt bike. I ended up buying a brand new Beta 22 250R, race edition. I would have looked at
0: that over at Cutler's.
1: Yeah, over at Cutler's. <laughs> Man, that was a good one. And I'm in love with it. I love it more every time I ride it. Uh, I've had it out, I think, 10 times now uh, since I've... Recovered mm-hmm. from the crash somewhat, so cool. So we're back at it. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: that is fantastic. Get it back is. In, back I'm,
1: into it. I don't know how happy my wife is about that, but <laughs> uh, I'll say I'll say she puts up with with my passion because she knows how happy it makes me. So
0: that's exactly what my wife does
1: too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Holy cow, man! That is. Oh, what a what a wicked crash.
1: Yeah. I mean. It it was a pretty good one. And it, it actually, it took the, I don't know why, it took the helicopter about two hours to get me to get to me. Uh, and so I was laying there for a while. Just, probably on lunch break. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. But I was laying there in some pretty good pain. I would and, imagine. And uh first thing I did when they got to me is ask for something for the pain. And they mm-hmm. gave me a pretty amazing cocktail of fentanyl and ketamine, which I've never had that before. Yeah. And, from there on, I was I was good with whatever they did to me. However, they <laughs> wanted to move I didn't care. So, <laughs> oh,
0: that's cool. Um, well, man, the, the recovery on that sounds just couldn't have gone any better. Really, hmm. it couldn't have. I, I didn't
1: end up requiring any surgeries. Uh, that is that blows my mind. How did they
0: get in there? Because you fractured your pelvis. Did they fractured have you my in one pelvis. Of those cool diaper casts.
1: No, I fractured my pelvis, uh, but it was a pretty stable fracture and a pretty small mm-hmm. fracture. It was just basically right in that pocket, in the socket that uh, titanium hip hit it and, and just put a fracture in there. It wasn't like a a big break. It was stable. I uh, went back to my hip surgeon, and, and he told me it looked all okay. You know, took new x-rays and said everything looked like it was still where it should be. And, yeah. And, uh, but that that still hurts me pretty good. Uh, When's
0: it? When do you feel it the worst?
1: You know, I I can't really run on it much yet, uh, or lifting heavy heavy things it hurts. If I'm on my bike riding, it it feels good. If I get into technical stuff where I'm having to, to lift or, or put your foot out or, fast, yeah then then it hurts, but yeah. for the most part, I feel pretty good when I ride. Cool. Uh, and my shoulder is doing much better than I thought it would. Uh,
0: that it, one takes a little while to it, heal. It does,
1: it takes a while to heal, and I oh. thought that one might hold me back the longest, but after I started doing PT, it actually came around pretty quick. So
0: That's great. I think one of the, the last uh, guys we had on, I don't his name was Brennan, I think um, he tore his ACL. Or his uh, his AC joint. AC joint, yeah. Yeah, and he said that was just excruciating. Yeah, it's he made doing just about everything hard.
1: Yeah. So. Wow. Yep. Okay, that so was not a fun one.
0: Let's talk about your bionic hip now. How did that come about?
1: Okay, so that happened. Uh, it was. It's been about three and a half years now. It happened April thirtieth, down in Moab. Uh, I remember the date because it was spring break and we had decided that year that me and my boys were gonna go to Moab for spring break and my wife and my girls were gonna go to California for spring break and it just ended up that it didn't work out for my boys getting off work and stuff and I was like, screw it, I'm gonna go ride anyway and so I ended up going down to Moab by myself stayed in the Lazy Lizard Hostel down there, which is an experience in its own.
0: (laughs) Is that the... That's the one that actually has, like, the... Oh,
1: that's... It's out on the north... Or the south end of town, as you're going out the south end of town. The hostel, The hostel, yeah. Interesting. (laughs) I I decided pretty quickly I like to have my own private room, so... But, anyway, I got up the next morning, decided I was going to go... I decided since I had gone down there by myself, I was going to try and ride populated trails while I was down there. So if anything did happen to me, uh, or if I broke down or whatever, there'd at least be other people around. And, and so I, the first trail I decided to go ride was just the slick rock bike trail. <laughs> and, uh, I was out there just having fun, doing my own thing. And were there any other dirt bikes? There, there were other dirt bikes out there, but I was just riding by myself. Uh, and actually ran into an old friend of mine who's a paramedic. Uh, he and his family were in a side-by-side out there on Hell's Revenge. Okay. And crossed paths with him, and he asked me how I was doing and and uh, asked me if I was still hauling like I used to. And I said, I probably am going as fast as I ever have. And and it wasn't ten minutes after that that I had this incident, this crash. <laughs> and fortunately, he wasn't around at that yeah. time. But, uh, so anyway, I was just going up, it was back kind of by where the zip line is back there on uh, slick rock bike trail. And I was riding up a wheelie, riding a wheelie up this, the slick rock there and got into kind of some rougher stuff. And, and I think I, I hit a bump and kind of grabbed a little bit more throttle and wasn't quick enough on the rear brake. And, uh, so I put my left foot down to try and save me and I was going too fast Uh, And it just kind of ripped me off the bike, spun me around, and slammed my left side into the slick rock there. And it was, it hurt. And I had only been riding probably 30 minutes, you know. Yeah. And this was the first day riding down there. So that was not cool either. And uh, so I'm laying there kind of in a fetal position on my side, hurting and... I see some hikers come running over to me. And and this is kind of funny because I look up and the first guy that got to me, I look up and he's in his underwear, like these tight, <laughs> tight spandex underwear, no pants on. And what? I'm like, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, then he actually, he goes and, and puts some pants on and he, he comes back over to me and he, he says, hey, my name's Jonathan. I'm uh I'm a backcountry certified first responder. Would you like me to help you? And I'm like, <laughs> what? wow, someone's looking out for me or something. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> where were his pants? So, he... Okay. So, anyway, uh, he explained to me that he was hiking with a couple of friends and his pants were chafing him and so he just took him off to oh hike figured he was in Moab out there it was it was fine whatever goes buddy whatever yeah so uh, I, I felt much better once he had his pants on uh, yeah and uh, he he checked me out and sorry about the dogs they oh it's okay are like that <laughs> so anyway he He kind of checked me out, uh, and I seemed to be in in one piece pretty much, and uh, I wanted to see if I could ride out. So I was was still laying on my, well, I ended up on my right side at some point. I'd landed on my left side. I was on my right side kind of in a fetal position, and I asked him if he could just kind of roll me to my back uh, to then see if I could sit up. And so, as he rolled me to my back, I didn't realize this until this point, but my femoral head was actually broken in three pieces. And so, when he rolled me to my back with that heavy moto boot on that left foot, my boot just flopped because there was nothing connecting my femur to my hip. And I just let out a scream and asked him to put me back, put me back. And... uh, Okay, so... Then femoral I, head are we
0: talking at the knee joint or in the hip joint so
1: the femoral head in, in which the, is actually your hip right it's the ball of yeah. the hip that goes into your into the, pelvis. into the pelvis correct and that was broken into three pieces and oh. and so there was nothing connecting my leg to my pelvis whoa and uh, so at that point I knew I wasn't going to be riding out uh-huh. uh, I ended up having someone call 911 and again it was a wait for for uh, emergency services to get to me mm-hmm. which was a couple of hours again You're waiting for hungry. them to get to me <laughs> And maybe they were on break did they That's come as out as in well. a they actually came out uh in side by sides they had a ranger that has a stretcher on it mm-hmm. and and they were actually awesome uh, how was that uh, ride? so they they gave me fentanyl that, at that time, which, which really helped. And they put this thing called a vacuum cast on me, which uh, it feels kind of like a, a foam, a soft foam thing when they put it on. And then they, like, suck the air out of it, and it gets rigid. So it would just hold my hip in place. And I told them they, they had to keep me, you know, in that position on my side so they were able to load me onto a, a backboard on my side and load me onto the Ranger and then we basically drove out across Hell's Revenge and there is a a Hell's Revenge bailout at at some point Mm -hmm. that we were able to go out but you know they were really good they'd stop like every 15 minutes ask me if I needed more more fentanyl and of course I'd say yes you know Um, and uh, and the guy driving he drove really slow and and so I, I crashed about noon, uh, ended up getting to uh the Hell's Revenge parking lot about four thirty, where then they transferred me to an ambulance and then took me to the Moab hospital there. Uh which they were pretty amazing too. They had a trauma team waiting for me and, cool. and they have X ray equipment. I don't know if you've ever had the never had the privilege, <laughs> the privilege of visiting there, but uh, they've got X-ray equipment. They just roll all around you, and yeah. and you just lay there, and and they take pictures where they need to. And, yeah. And uh, so then the doctor came back and and said that uh, my hip is broken, and they don't have a surgeon there, and so where would where I like them to, to send me? And so I figured I might as well come back home. So then I took a. About a four-hour ambulance ride from Moab to Timpanogos Hospital in Orem, which was interesting as well. Fortunately, yeah. they kept me doped up pretty good. And <laughs> the, uh, the female paramedic that was in the back of the ambulance with me, she probably knows things about me nobody else does because <laughs> Just I was right up. While I, was I was so <laughs> yes, I was so drugged up. So <laughs> anyway, that was that was interesting, and and then the next day I. I had surgery and, and got a full uh, hip replacement. I have titanium hip now. And so...
0: Okay, so when you say hip replacement, are they talking about the cap on the, like your femoral head? So basically, they about parts of your pelvis?
1: Uh, the pelvis was fine. So, so basically was... what they do is they go in and they saw off the top of your femur and then they pound this spike-looking thing down through your femur, down through the center of your femur that has a new ball on the top of it. Whoa. Yeah, and I have pictures of that it's too. Not real which, faces or
0: anything? <laughs> My gosh.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy when you look at the X-rays, the before and after, and and yeah. see you know what they actually do mm-hmm. when you're when you're in surgery. But you know, immediately after when I when I came to out of, out from surgery and stuff, you could definitely feel it felt better than than when it was broken. So, okay.
0: man, that's. Like how much titanium? Like, okay.
1: uh, well, you
0: know, it's the ball. Is and it hollow inside?
1: No. It's solid. It's solid titanium, Whoa. and and it's the ball, and then it has like this pointy shaft on it that they pound down through your through your femur.
0: What's that like to fly with? <laughs> Is that hard? <laughs> I,
1: I actually, they make me go through the body scan thing every, every time, time because it sets off the. Yeah. Like, what you got in your pockets? Jake? Right it hits my hip, <laughs> so yeah, I have to go stand in the body scanner every time. Alan, oh, that so, that's rough. Yeah, uh, I've had a little bit of bad luck the last few years, and uh, I'm hoping I have learned something from it, especially this last one. Uh, now, what do you think that might be? Well. Uh, Back in my younger days in my early twenties I actually road raced motorcycles mm-hmm. and uh, in the, the racing schools back then they had this saying that was slow down and go fast, which doesn't really make sense mm-hmm. until you know they explain to you what it means, slow down and go fast. And and it really just means to slow down a little bit so you're riding in more control. And you're making less mistakes, yeah And so that's my focus now is to slow down and go fast, because I don't want to just not go fast, because mm. that's why I do it's this still, uh, a lot of it, right? Uh, but right now I'm trying to just make less mistakes, Yeah. and, and just trying to improve.
0: Yeah, when I'm that riding some technical stuff, I'm always repeating a mantra in my head: "Slow is smooth, smooth is fast." Right, exactly. So yep, same, con- same, same thing. Concept, So, yeah, man, hell, that's those are two gnarly crashes. They, I mean, yeah, a lot uh, of people would consider hanging up boots after that.
1: I've had a lot of people tell me that I should, uh, and actually, you know, especially after. Uh, the one where I broke my hip, like I said before, my wife had taken my girls down to to, to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, she got a phone call the day after she got there saying that I was in the hospital with a broken hip. And, and I didn't want her to have to come home and, and ruin that trip. Yeah. And so I basically came home alone and... You know, I had some people checking on me and stuff, but I, but I had some alone time to think that week. And it got a little bit dark for me just because I love riding dirt bikes so much. It's almost kind of like part of my identity, you know. Mm-hmm. And I kind of always figured, you know, I'm going to ride hard, I'm going to ride fast. If I had a bad, have a bad accident sometime, then I'll slow down. And so now I had had a bad accident, Am I ever gonna be able to ride like I like to ride again? Mm-hmm. And so that was a tough thing, and it it also really motivated me to to try and you know work hard on my physical therapy and and get back on as quick as I could again. And it just so happened I bought a brand new bike that time too. That's when that? I got my Beta 200. Okay. Uh, what were you on when you crashed? I was on. It was an older. 06 WR250F uh, that I had had for several years actually. Uh, I had owned several other bikes while I owned that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I'd had that one for for a bit. And so I ended up buying a brand new 2019 Beta 200 RR, which is the one I ended up totaling in this last crash. And uh, I I was so determined to get back on the bike, I was back on my new bike eight weeks after the hip replacement. Wow. I went back down to Moab and rode eight weeks after my hip replacement. Was that excruciating? Uh, I It hurt, yeah. Uh, I was going up one face down there, kind of a splatter, and when I hit it, it hurt my hip, and, yeah, yeah, and we'll I decided it. I'm going to have to kind of take it easy for a few weeks still, and so it was really probably 12 weeks out that I started riding hard again, okay. but I was back on the bike at eight weeks, and, and you know, as soon as you get back on and start riding, and, it, you know, all the, the fear or whatever mm-hmm. of not being able to ride the same again was, was gone, because... Nice. You know, like they say, it's just like riding a bike. Oh, yeah.
0: oh, that's cool. That's that's an amazing, amazingly quick recovery.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just determined to get back on.
0: Yeah, a mindset helps a whole lot in that situation. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Any other crazy crashes we need to know about? Uh, well, I
1: hesitate to share. <laughs> Everything because Alan A.K.A. Crash, right? Put Crash on the back of my jersey. <laughs> uh, the fall before I broke my hip, uh, I was up riding with a friend, single track, uh, AF Canyon, mm-hmm. and. I, had, I was actually riding quite a bit at that time, and, and we had been up there just a couple days before that riding the same trails. And So anyway, we were riding. We were on Little Deer Creek Trail. Uh, 252 is the trail number. And I had been leading all day, and then I had my my friend go in front of me. And I was just kind of in cruise mode and came around this turn, and the next thing I knew, I was getting ripped off my bike and it it was crazy. I didn't know for a minute what was going on, but it, it just happened that, you know, within the couple days that we had ridden before to now, uh, there had been a, a quakey that had blown over and the end of it was sticking right out about chest height into the trail and Through the turn, I was kind of looking ahead of my buddy, and I think the sun was kind of coming through right there as well, and I just didn't see it at all. You just got clothesline. And and it clipped me, uh, in my left bicep and into my left chest, kind of like a jousting match.
0: Uh, Also, just like kind of sticking out. Yeah. It wasn't sideways. Like, oh, oh, that changes things. Yeah,
1: and uh, so as it was ripping me off my bike, lipping, uh, ripping the left side of me off my bike, uh, my throttle hand just you know, went wide open because mm-hmm. I was coming off the back of the bike, and the bike actually did a 180 underneath me, and then flung me through the air by that one hand and slammed me into a deadfall pine tree. Uh, slammed my ribs right into the deadfall pine tree. And you know how those pine trees have all those spiky, broken limbs coming mm-hmm. off of them? Somehow it was a miracle. You know, they were on the tree, but I hit right in a spot where there were no, none of those spikes. Or they would have they gone right into my lungs. Yeah, you'd have been skewered. And I, I do want to say, you know, in all these crashes, I wear as much gear as I can. You know, mm-hmm. full, full body armor, you know, helmet gloves, yeah. Knee It's not like you're um, out there in, boots. In, in yeah. Bermuda shorts. Yeah. I'm I'm always fully protected. Yeah. Uh but it just so happened my body armor it didn't have any protection for my ribs on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, just front and back, you know, and and you know, I felt a crunch and and uh that may actually be my most painful crash I've I've had yeah. is is when I hit that. Uh, and so anyway, you know, I looked at the looked at the scene there, and and it was kind of crazy, you know, how that thing just clipped me, pulled me off the bike, mm-hmm. and then my bike kind of flung me through the air like a rag doll, and and uh, but fortunately, we were only I don't know maybe a couple miles from paved road, and so I was able to get on and just carefully ride that one out. Uh, unfortunately. My friend, you know, who had been following me all day with a GoPro, he was now leading me, so we didn't get it on camera.
0: Yeah. That would have been a wild one <laughs> yeah, to see. It,
1: it would have been a good one. So, uh, made it out of that one, and this is kind of a funny story that I like to tell about it, is I, you know, I felt like I was broken in a million pieces when I went to the doctor and they took x-rays and the doctor came back and told me that nothing was broken, that I had some separated ribs, which I didn't really understand what that meant. And then that next spring, when I broke my hip, and they were doing all the x-rays on me, the doctor there said, so it looks like you've had several broken ribs recently. And I'm like, I knew it. (laughs) I knew they weren't right. So, anyway. So the
0: doctor thought they were broken, not just cracked. Right, yeah. Oh.
1: So, and... And that's a really painful recovery. Uh, no sneezing, no coughing. Yeah, I remember one night I was getting into bed, and all of a sudden I felt this sneeze coming on. And this was just like four days after. And I didn't know whether to try and hold it in or let it out. Or, and so it was kind of a half <laughs> hold it in, half sneeze, and it dropped me to my knees. It hurt so bad. But, yeah, that ribs take a long, long time to heal. Sure it was lucky. months after that, yeah, I cracked a couple. And yeah, it just ne- seems never ending. Yeah. yeah, and and those hurt with any movement, you know. So yeah. Anyway, that's that's the extent of any of my major.
0: Those are three crashes
1: with injuries and Man, no, knock on wood. <laughs> I hope I'm I'm hoping I'm done with that kind of stuff. So yeah. I am. I am trying to be a little bit more cautious when I ride, and still be able to ride at a at a pace that's fun right. that I can have fun at. Yeah, so, as long as you're having fun, right? Nothing else matters. That's right.
0: Oh okay. Geez, Alan, <laughs> you're tough.
1: I dang, you're tough. This is probably too long of a podcast. No way. Uh, and hopefully, people don't get bored listening to my stories. But I I have some good ones, and I feel like that song, if you've heard it before, 100 Bad Days Make 100 Good Stories, 100 Good Stories Make Me Interesting at Parties, I feel like that's kind of the theme song of my life. <laughs> you know, It seems like I've had all kinds of good adventures. Uh, so. well, as long
0: but, as you keep looking at it like adventures, you're going to yeah, have a lot of stories to tell.
1: Here I am on the other side of it. Uh, still love riding my dirt bike. Still love going fast. Uh, and I don't think that will ever end. And... I plan on riding till I you know, can't swing a leg over a bike anymore. So, so your
0: wheels fall off or the bikes? That's right. Cool. Alan, thanks for being on the podcast today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Okay, everybody. Thank you again for listening. A little reminder, please help the Dirt Bike Journals grow by leaving a review, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast. Also, don't forget if you have a story of your own you'd like to share, please reach out to me on Instagram. Uh, you can also email me at the journals at gmail.com.